Welcome to Sub, the Scope Unmuzzled podcast. This time we have an official episode because we got a name. And the name is pretty lame, but I don't care. We're going to start this podcast. We have a new guest. His name is Sketch, a good friend. And we will be talking about some of his past, some of his hobbies, the things he likes to do, his goals. And we are also going to discuss some of the topics sent in by the audience which will be in the second half of the podcast, so look forward to that. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have a new guest on our uh, table, well, a virtual table, I guess, which is Sketch. It's a friend I have known for quite a while, I think like two years now. and Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and we are going to have a little talk about some interesting topics. But first, before I before we start, why don't you introduce yourself, Sketch? Hello, my name is Sketch. Just a typical average guy. I like to play games, and then I work a typical boring office job, you know? I like, um, I'm a writer. I like to write things, create things, my free time. And that's about it. <laughs> what is your age? Do you have any special family you grew up in? I am 27. Yeah, that, that would be a nice thing for people to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am 27. Uh, well, and also where you're from, because people don't know. I am from um I am from America, Texas, specifically the state of Texas. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. people will born not, and raised. People might be able to notice based on your uh, accent, or at least I've heard from some people uh, <laughs> that it's pretty pronounced. No, I don't think my accent actually is that pronounced compared to other people. Well, we'll see. We'll see what people will react to. I don't have, I don't think my accent is particularly that strong. Some people say, you know, but it's up to y'all to judge. There you go. There it is. It's y'all. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like whenever you say y'all, that's how you know it's from Texas. You just gave yourself away, dude. Y'all is a good word. Yeah, it, it is. I use it yeah. sometimes. I'm not even from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that is a dead giveaway. So um, that's a short introduction. Uh, now I go on to the thing, which is where we have met and how we have met. Do you remember? I do remember. There was like a mutual friend of ours that I used to be friends with. They said um, they want to introduce me to a person who they think we are very similar. So they wanted us to meet. They brought me into a world in uh, VR chat. I'm pretty sure your audience is familiar with the game. You know, like a, a little virtual game where you can talk to people with avatars and stuff. So we met in a game called VR Chat through a mutual friend who wanted to introduce us because they thought we were pretty similar in ways. And um, brought us to the world. We talked, and uh, the rest is history, right? Mm-hmm. And how long have we known each other now? Like you said earlier, at least two years, if not a little bit over, definitely a little bit over two years, two years and a half, because we met before the. We knew each other before the pandemic, and that's been going going for over two years. So it's actually probably been over Wait, two years by we, now. Have we known each other before the pandemic? Yeah, we knew each other before the oh, pandemic. Damn, dude, that's that's really early. Yeah, yeah, that's like two and a half at this point. Yeah, so it's been at least two and a half years. Yeah, going on creeping up to three. So a little bit, a little while. So yeah, we were in introduced to um, by Akko, one of our friends, and he yeah Akko introduced us. Like you said, because he thought we were very similar. And I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. I would like to meet someone that's similar to yeah. me. You probably thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then I guess we just started talking about stuff and uh, we hit it off. As we get to know each other better over time. And we do have some similar uh, We definitely do traits. have some similarly traits and viewpoints of things. But we also very different when it comes to things. Certain things, but... You know, we get along very well, I would like to think. We are, we are definitely not like, you know, clones of each other by, by, by any part of imagination. No, definitely not. But we have a background or like, a, not a background. Yeah. The, the way we well, interact with other people seems to be very similar because uh, you have your own like entourage, as you may call it. Entourage, yeah. Basically, sure. a bunch of uh, friends of you that, that will join on you <laughs> at any moment uh, or when you hop mm -hmm. on, and they will stick by your side. And I have the same thing, or well, used to have the same thing. No, I don't hop on as much <laughs> anymore. But that's it's you, very you similar. Lost them? Nah, I, did, I didn't lose <laughs> them. It's just I don't have the time for it anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
other stuff to do like this podcast but yeah uh, that basically means that when we met up we collided like two communities together although there was some overlap already like like our friend Akko yeah a little bit and mm-hmm. some other friends we have and some other people here and there you know no, no, I know a few people, a few people mm-hmm. who, who know people. But it's always an interesting thing to have where if you know one person from another community and you hang around with them, then you get to know their friends. You They get to know your friends if they join on you. And you will just expand your scope of friends uh, very fast, yeah, nice. actually. That's not not intended pun. <laughs> I do, you know, that's the interesting thing. I do like to intermingle between other people's groups because in this game, you know, it has its own sort of clicks, sort of different clicks around, you know. So you can definitely see and meet interesting people depending on who they hang around majority. Like, you know, they have like the, the dancers or the people that like just hop worlds or the people that just like to sit around the room and talk and furries and, and all the, kinds of stuff. Yeah, you have the alcoholics and the clubbing people. Yeah. This is it's pretty interesting. Have you ever had a point where you intermingled so your group of friends with another group of friends that didn't click? Oh yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely for sure. I mean, I don't really have too many situations of drama because I'm not a drama person at all. But you know, there have been occasions of people joining, you know, the clicks joining where people don't particularly like due to personality difference and you know stuff like that as it is when it comes to any group right uh yeah well generally if the main person that brought them on is similar to the person that uh, you're friends with then i hope you have nice friends basically to introduce to your other friends otherwise like yeah i know this one guy he's kind of crazy don't talk to him but you know he just hangs around with us we just ignore him and he's off to the side it's like no you shouldn't have those kind of friends in your group, I would say. No, oh, definitely. Definitely not. I mean, for the most part, everybody get along. They generally, you know, welcome in, like meeting new people, some of them. But again, some of them have strong personalities that takes a while to get them to know you. So it takes a little while for, you know, them to open up per se. Instead of them just opening up right away to any new people that come around. It's, it's a better way to put it, you know. As opposed to me, who, when I join in on meeting new people, I, I go straight to talking and trying to get to know them. And I'll see what they're about. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that we tend to have a personality where we can easily just go along with anyone that we don't even know. Like some stranger will just start yeah. talking to them and they'll instantly get like hooked or hooked on a conversation. And it's an easy way to make friends, at least. So that's something that's similar to both of us. I mean, I love talking, man. <laughs> and I talk a lot sometimes, but I also know... If you like talking a lot, then why did you? Why were you hesitant to hop on the podcast? This should be easy for you, right? I like talking a lot, go of a flow, but, you know, a podcast is like, you know, this is more of an interrogation. No, I'm kidding. I'm interrogation? <laughs> no. Just don't look behind you. Yeah, just don't look, don't look behind you. I, I definitely won't. Yeah, a podcast is more... Uh, well, you would think it's more structured. The only thing that's structured is the beginning part. Everything else and the, you know, the conversation in between is not. So you don't really have to worry mm-hmm. that much. It's not much different than talking to anyone in, in VR chat or just IRL in real life. Definitely not. Again, even in VR chat, I have met a few of my friends. And, you know, we met up IRL before. Pretty much the same. You can ask them as I am in this game, as I am IRL. Like, no difference. So, you know, the way we're talking now, a radio director would be no different than we if we were in person. Yeah, I can vouch for that as well. I've I've spoken to some people I've met online and they are pretty much the same and I'm still the same in real life, which is which is good to know because Yeah. Especially when you have not met anyone online yet, you might think mm-hmm. that your online persona might be different than your real life persona, which to a certain extent it is, of course, because there's like certain people you put on a certain mask or actual persona oh 100 percent, and that is definitely the case for more people than others there are some people that intentionally you know go online and want to completely separate themselves from create a whole new persona online and you know so because maybe who knows irl they're too shy to be like the open outgoing party whatever person that they can be online and 
a whole bunch of other different, you know, different. It's not just, you know, a shy person come talk online. It could, it could be the opposite. A talkative person that can become just a shy mute online for all you know. So that's the thing. That's the fun part about, you know, meeting people online. You never really truly know. Well, I think that in online situations, you might be more open because of the lack of uh, consequences or at least like physical consequences, most social consequences as well, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. But it also depends on the situation because, um, you know, it, in a game like VR chat, it's obviously different than you. It's like on some place like Reddit or 4chan or something because he could be a, a completely different open self on those type of boards as opposed to being in VR chat where it's more personal, you know, you're actually talking back and forth. You can hear their voice, you know, and movements and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. It, it really depends. It really, it, you know. Yeah, but luckily, we both know that uh, at least the personality we have online matches the one in real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah there there might be people out there that have conflicting personalities based on the situation, of course. But, uh, well, so far it seems to be similar. You can argue some people even have conflicting personalities in VR chat itself. Like one moment they could be a person and act totally different. It doesn't happen that often, but... It happens. So you can only imagine how they are IRL too. Well, that that happens with anyone. If they have problems like in their real life, if they just had a shitty day at work and they'll come online, then of course you don't know the context of their mood. And then they might come off as different or yeah, like a different person in that moment. Definitely something interesting to, to see. Both, mm-hmm. in, both in VR and in real life. But going back to um, uh, you, Sketch, specifically, your name is called uh, Sketch, and you actually write it with a... Um, so that, was it the T is a 7, right? Yes. Yeah. So why did you pick this name, Sketch? Is there a story behind it? Um, yeah, there is a story, kind of. Not necessarily a story, but um, my name is more or less a reference to Halo. Halo, Halo comeback involved, or Halo, you know, Halo 3, because back then, as I want to say, majority of the people who gets their names, they get it from back using it online on, like, a console or something, doing PlayStation Network or uh, Xbox Live, you know, kid, or online, they used to, if they're OG of the internet by this point. But yeah, Sketch, it, it's, it's a reference, like, 7 is it's a reference, it's a combination of being a reference to Halo. And um, seven is just my favorite number, uh, and I love seven. If you wanted to know the particular, like the reference, um, mm-hmm. it's um, waste. You know what? I, I actually I put you on the spot, man. I put you on the spot. You did. How can I, it's? Uh... No, it could be a screen name huh. th- that I get because that's the same for me because Scope is my screen name. But for Sketch and it being Halo, I, I've played uh, that game, but I mm-hmm. don't really see a. I don't remember a what... A sketch in it? A sketch, yeah. Is it like a character? Not a character. More like a, a prominent member of the Halo community. What would be the word for it? Like a, a community manager, a well-known community manager, also went by this alias. Ah, okay. So like Topper in uh, VR chat, basically. Yeah, Topper like VR chat goes by sketch. And I think that person is actually still is like a community manager or work for 343, you know, former Bungie, now 343, and they went by... Sketch, and I liked it. So you just stole his name. Basically. So I, I did not steal his name. I well, guess you kind of did. Kind of did. <laughs> well, I guess a bit. That's one way to put it. It was more like a. That is not a. There's a. There's a better way you can put it. But sure, I stole my username. I've been exposed, scope. You got it out of me. Posing me as the fraud, sketch. You know, like copying <laughs> someone is like the highest form of flattery, right? So you just thought it was a very nice name and you just copied it over. And the only thing you can change is the T and made it a seven. And there's the original sketch. Favorite number seven and a reference to Halo and homage to a, a member, a well-known member of the community back then. I think he still is a part of it. I don't know how relevant he is these days, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting because I didn't know that story specifically. But I guess you also were <laughs> kind of... Not prepared on on this explanation on it. I could have said that better, but you got it out of me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Explainer. I think, I think we get it now, yeah. So your name is Sketch, but do you have a specific thing that you are known for? Like if, if you would ask your friends or they would talk behind your back about you and they would say, yeah, this guy is very known for 
for X or for something. What would you um, say that is? Do you have a particular trait or do you have something stupid you've done like the last podcast <laughs> where we talked to Dakira where he's he survived a lot of uh, physical harm, basically, where most people would be dead and he is not, so we call him the immortal. But what would you be called? So what would be something like a friend would refer, refer to me as? Mm-hmm. You mean, or... Yeah. They were, I don't know, to be honest, you know, I'm a pretty... You would say you're normal, but... No, it's, it's not a normal, it's like, I'm pretty chill. I don't really do too many crazy things, per se. I mean, just uh, talkative, outgoing. I like media, I have a wide range of friends. If the money was to say, like, I'm curious, what did, um, because Akko... Did they tell you even about me other than the fact, or I guess they just said we're similar and they want you to meet other than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty so much. I guess that would be the closest what somebody was saying. So it would be a scope clone? <laughs> is, is, that, is that how we word it? Is that how we title it? <laughs> yeah. You know, just like asking what people would say about me, I'm kind of curious. It would almost be probably similar to what people will say about you, to be honest. In a way. Yeah, in a way. So what I'm known for, at least, is bringing a lot of people together, doing things for the community like the events. Those are the things that people will remember me for. Yeah, you do. You are actually. You actually do host a lot of events. Something I don't do, or I wouldn't go out of my way to do. I'm not a very good planner, as you know. I am generally late to a lot of things. Yeah, like this podcast because it's like a really long. Like this podcast, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a surprise! <laughs> I, I even I've even talked to some of your friends, and I I told them it's like, yo, do you know when Sketch is gonna be online? He's like, yeah, no, this is Sketch. He's just like this. He's always. Always late, trying to organize something with him is just a chaos. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I'd be, so maybe that's one one thing, you mm, know. Like an unorganized person. Uh, Whenever you say you want to meet up for this or get on to this time, unless I even, even in, you know, let me know far ahead of time. Um, I'm probably going to be late, but I will, I will definitely show up 100%. It's just a matter of when. I'm, al I'm always late. I'm always late. And I'll be upfront about that. You know, I'm making no guarantees. Oh, that you did not know. Even at the last event, you said like, I know, I don't know if I'll be on time. <laughs> you, you should be. You should know this by now. Oh yeah, now, now I definitely know for sure. But yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I exactly screwed up and answered the question, but we answered. I answered. I answered to an extent. <laughs> well, you have certain things you do that is not similar to me. So you have a writing career or you make manga well not really a career it's more of a thing i just do for fun um in my spare time but but is that something that you are known for i don't think it is right because you don't really talk about it that much known for no outside of like small group of friends you know probably. people that just happen small group of friends and people who just happen to read it or people that follow you on twitter you want to you want to plug your twitter i don't really need to plug my twitter so. no you're kind of embarrassed about what you make I'm not embarrassed about what my, I actually put high quality into the stuff I write and create and hired very good artists I work with. Mm -hmm. But yes, fine. My Twitter is at LSketchU if you want to find me. That is my Twitter. Because my writing name is, my writing name is SketchU. I go by SketchU as my writing name. It's, it's separate from the name I normally go by. Oh, it's, it's similar, right? I'll put it in the description. Yeah, which you also have not read my manga. I don't have a Twitter, bro. I don't do social media. That's you not my thing. You need a Twitter to read it. My manga is not posted on Twitter. Yeah, but you keep asking me. He's like, why don't you follow me on That's Twitter? That's why I'm not famous about my manga, because nobody wants to read it. <laughs> because <laughs> no one follows you it's certainly really good quality but yeah i do write it in my spare time i create and you know comics i create funny comics i post on my twitter mainly relating to vtubers and i create my own manga which has one chapter 40 pages out i don't know if i will ever continue it past that point maybe one day as you know it's a lot of effort time and money that goes into doing that and i only do it as a hobby so you know well, you might need to explain for some people listening, what exactly is a VTuber? A VTuber? What exactly is a VTuber? How would you describe... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's in the name, right? It's a virtual YouTuber, virtual streamer. So just someone that... They're a virtual tuber, but it's not limited to just streams per se. But they mainly known for VTubers is like streamers who use a virtual avatar like uh it could be like majority of them use like anime girl avatars but it could be anything they could use like an avatar of a dog or a frog or they could literally be anything but the most common known vtuber is a streamer who use 
an anime avatar to stream instead of using like a webcam to stream themselves as like people in the community like to refer to them as flesh tubers. <laughs> they're virtual yep. tubers and they create a whole backstory for their like their anime vtuber persona and and stuff like that so they kind of some of them play a character yeah so speaking of persona that kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier where these people will actually have a separate persona from their real life one and actually try to keep yeah. them separate because that's the whole point of being a vtuber is that you can just True. go by your day-to-day -day business you can go to the supermarket and people will not recognize you because you yeah. do not look like an anime girl in real life, of course. <laughs> the only thing people might recognize you by is just your voice, of course. Yeah, and even then, some of them even has like their own separate voice they use for their characters, slightly changing their voice. So not all of them, but a lot, some of them do. But yeah, most VTubers they do, but not even all of them. Because again, they it might be a different character, but majority of them that character is just an extension of themselves to an extent but that ain't the case with all of them some people just go full-blown voice acting character the whole ropes you know mm -hmm. but vtubers are fun i like them i like watching them they're funny well have you ever considered being a vtuber yourself yes how did that go is that in is it in the works is, is that gonna be something that's coming up are you gonna plug no, your vtuber gonna... career is it gonna start no, here no it's not there's not gonna be a career for a couple of things. It is, seems like something fun to do, but for me, I don't think I could, I will, I will lack being able to do the consistent, doing it consistently. You, you lack the organizational skills because you'll always be late to the stream. <laughs> be late. And, uh, and also I do have a full-time job at work on top of that. And, and now it's getting, you know, it's like, no, nah, I don't think it's for me to do. It's, it's more of a thing. I would just like to sit back and watch myself i don't even really ever even watch their full streams i actually enjoy like their clips and content of them more so than watching full streams of vtubers and like their song covers and karaoke and stuff like that yeah but it's usually what happens to a lot of people either twitch streamers or vtubers they they will watch it if it's live of course but they don't really go watch the entire vod because so not so the whole video the recording of it because it can take like hours like multiple hours like three plus hours for uh a certain video so they just watch clips instead unless they're like also unless they're playing the game i guess you're particularly interested in or something it's funny yeah true. that'd be one good as is the case with any rich streamer in general but you know but yeah 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 me being a, 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 v, a vtuber career is not not for me not for me <laughs> well you do not my thing. tell that to your friends a lot where you'll say like hey you should start being a vtuber and start your channel and get a character made <laughs> i do encourage it if i think they will make a good one, you know. I usually try, but if if they were to ever tell me, oh no, no, I can't, or do it, you know, I, I won't continue to encourage them. But you know, I will bring it to you know the forefront in their ideas. So, what do you think actually makes a good VTuber? Well, you're recommending it to certain people, not everyone in your friend list. Yeah, for a good personality, somebody I think would have the time to actually stick to it to make a community based around a character, and somebody who has like a good gimmick or niche you know somebody i think that has a talent for doing a certain thing like if i know somebody who's a talented artist or somebody who has a good voice and that's able to talk good communication i was like oh you should i think you make good vtuber you know if you have the time a certain talent and talkative to an extent i think that will make a good vtuber possibly yeah so the voice and the social skill yeah because you have to do a lot of talking and it's mostly just monologue, but you'll be discussing things with the, the chat. You have to be able to have, you know, conversations with your chat or just conversations with yourself in general, being able to bring up different stuff, you know, just to talk. So that's that's what that would be my answer to that. Okay, so uh, going back to some of the actual topics I've put down, um, one of them is to go back to you sketch specifically, which is some of the goals that you have. So you, you do some writing, you oh make some manga, you put it, post it on your Twitter, you watch a lot of VTubers. Uh, you don't want to become one, at least so far, no. as I've heard. But what do you have as a personal goal of yours? Like something you want to do maybe in the future. So for me, it was starting this, starting this godforsaken podcast, mm. which some people actually listen to. I don't know why, but uh, people en might enjoy it. So is there something that you would like to do in the future that you look forward to? A friend or friends have asked me this question before. And it, it can and it, it can be something just not like a career. I mean, it can also be 
for example, what Akira said in the last podcast is to go travel abroad, visit his friends that he met online, and just go see some places. That would be his, uh, his goal. One of my goals in life has always been to go to Japan before I turn 30. And it looks like that actually might happen next year. If COVID doesn't hit again. Don't even say that. Japan just opened back up. Don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say one of my goals currently that I'm looking forward to the most is going to Japan next year. If everything is all goes according to plan. Is it something particular you want to do in Japan besides sightseeing? I just want to, you know, like I'm not going there, you know, to chill out my, my manga or anything. But yeah, I definitely want to go there. Saisen, I see the culture. I find the culture is very interesting. And it's not because I'm just a weeb. I generally do find their culture and interesting because it just completely how different it is from America. It's like, it's kind of crazy out there. I, I just want to see it with my own eyes and visit all the different places and temples and Akiba, Akabira, you know. I probably butchered that. Akihabara? Yeah, there you go. It would be very interesting, though, if you go to one of those. Um, it's not Comic-Con, it's like a, a different convention in uh, Japan where they sell a bunch of merchandise and things like mm -hmm. uh, their own uh, manga. Would that not be something to look up to? Well, maybe, probably not before you hit 30, but if you have some stuff made and you maybe have some merchandise like around your internet persona, like on Twitter, then it would be pretty cool to get a stand at one of those conventions in Japan. That would actually be pretty cool to do. That would be really cool. Yeah, you could bring along some friends. The ambition. I mean, again, that would be cool if I wanted to, you know, become a manga writer as a career or something like that. But Well, it doesn't have to be a career, you know. It's just If you just have, like, a goal, like, okay, cool, I want to do this. I want to have, like, my own booth at this convention at least once in my life. Then you could set that goal. You could work towards it. It's not, uh, probably wouldn't be that hard. You need to save up some money to travel and to get a booth in the first place. And make the content. That's true. That would be nice. But I want to start by actually going there once first. Yeah, of course. <laughs> first, of course. before oh, I have course. even greater ambitions or something like that. And also would need to learn some Japanese as well. That would be a nice long-term goal. Who knows? If my manga get popular enough to where I feel like that will be worth doing and actually pursuing more, maybe. But if it's ever be worth, like, ever be worth doing more to actually, oh, you know what? I can actually truly make something of this. Then, yeah. But right now, it's definitely not the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it could be a long-term goal based on the content that you make, but that would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. That would be. I agree, hundred percent. Speaking of, uh, well, personal goals, something to work towards. Uh, for me, like I said, it's a mm -hmm. podcast that you are now part of. But my problem Yay. with the podcast is I need some fucking topics to discuss, and these are some of the um, the ones I already threw at you were some of the basic ones, and. At a certain moment, there will be, I'll be running out of guests or, well, that will take quite a while for that to happen because I have a lot of friends, a lot of interesting friends. But eventually I would like to I'm do... I'm probably the least interesting of those. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a reason why I picked you out for the first official episode. So I've done a pilot really, episode before really. this. Well, mostly mm -hmm. because you are very much related to me and you will be mm -hmm. probably willing to, you know, at least be part of it. Probably, probably. But I'm here, so that answers that. Yeah, exactly. You're late as as usual, but yeah. uh, you made it. You made it. You're on. You're I, I'm on, here. On I always thing. will make it. That is true. If you actually set your mind to it. But the the thing is that eventually when I don't have any guests or... Uh, I want to branch out, maybe do something different. I would like to invite multiple people onto the podcast, which would be a hell to edit. But at least uh, oh we boy, can have... and set up and set up, and you know, get everyone on yeah. time. So if you are on it, yeah. I'll make sure to plan it like way ahead of schedule, just for you. It'll probably be for the best for yeah. both of us. Yeah, true. <laughs> but it could be just to discuss certain topics that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, that we've discussed before in VR chat or some more philosophical things because that's usually what we go towards when we just have some banter it goes into some more deep conversation which is very mm -hmm. at least interesting to hear I think also for the audience and that's something I would like to branch out towards but the thing is then do I then actually stick to a certain topic or do I just have banter do I just prepare a bunch of topics beforehand and it's just random it's just storytelling it's just you know, shooting the shit with some friends? Well, a way you could do it, I guess. You know, you can obviously start with topics just to 
go into whenever it gets, you know, a little bit quiet and people start dying down and you could just go, okay, next question. Mm-hmm. Obviously, feel like you can have some sort of structure, like start off with some basic questions and then like just have it takes wherever it goes, you know, because, you know, people, we can start talking about one subject and then it can lead to another and other and talk about that. And once that runs down or hit its course, then on to questions you have prepared. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I think would probably be the best way to go about that. Yeah, the only thing is what I'm afraid of, especially when having multiple people on the podcast and you you notice when we have a group conversation, I will bring up a topic or I'll be like, yo guys, I have this story. It's very funny or it's very interesting. Let me tell you this story. I tell like like 20% of it and then my, my fucking topic gets hijacked by someone else. And it just goes off the rails like completely to another place. And then it's like, oh, wait, guys, actually, can I finish my story, please? That is true. Maybe you should consider having like a moderator. Well, I would be the moderator, right? Well, you would be the moderator. You you could be, I mean, you could you could be the host and you can also have a side person be a moderator, you know, just to make sure to keep people on track or be, you know, be like, oh, hold up, hold up, let, let's go finish this. Or something. <laughs> but you also have to find somebody who would be willing to be a moderator or, or a co-host would probably be a better way to put it. Yeah, like a co-host, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same. A co-host who's mainly there. The the problem with... um, So if we have these discussions in VR chat, there's no time constraint because, of course, we will be on there for fucking hours on end and just talk about a certain thing. And then eventually either someone just gets tired, someone needs to do something else, or someone just gets too drunk. And that's usually how it ends. That's that's one of the moments when someone will leave. Or just pass out right there, yeah, on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've done that before as well. Excuse me? Yeah, Let's you, go on. Yeah, you have done that before. <laughs> Look at the, I think it was New Year's that happened. They call you multiple times to, to wake up and actually go to bed. But um, I don't recall. Of course, because of alcohol. <laughs> but the thing is that because the podcast is more time constrained, so I'm trying to keep it too close to an hour meaning that, yeah, you do kind of have to stay on topic. If you have a conversation with your friends, you could just, you know, go on to talk about your story the next time you meet up. And with a podcast, it's a bit more diff- difficult, of course. Um, but do you have any topics specifically yourself that you would like to have discussed during uh, this podcast? Or what would you be interested in hearing? Would you listen to this podcast, for example? <laughs> would you listen to this? Would you listen to yourself? Would I listen to myself? No, probably not. I don't like the sound of my own voice. And I go back and hear myself talking. Uh, so I don't know if I will listen to this one, but I will listen to your other ones for sure. Have you, have you though? Because you've, you just told me before we started recording that you've not listened to the, the pilot episode. I, I have not listened to the pilot episode yet, but I will. There's a reason I haven't listened to it, though. Right, which is? It was just, you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. I think you just sent me a link once. You never really mentioned what the link was. Uh, true. Or yeah. anything. So I was like, oh, there's well, a link. The name I'll on just it. click on it later. It did help. I realized when I went back and saw it, it was a podcast, like later on. And I just had So it was just a little, a little weirdness with how you sent it and the timing. I wasn't able to listen to it. But I am going to listen to it. I, I guarantee you. Okay, that's good. I have a lot of free time to listen. I all I do is listen to podcasts. Scope at work. I work at office job, as I mentioned earlier. So that office job is what gave me the ability to become a writer in my spare time due to that. Yeah, and that's the thing is that a lot of people will use this as something to listen to while they're working or going to bed, falling asleep, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a nice voice to fall asleep to. Yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> I know people have been saying that for so many times. Yeah, I do the same thing at work. I just put on like either a stream or like a podcast, a video podcast. Just put it in the second monitor and then uh, do yeah, some work. Yeah. yeah, it's very relaxing. And you might actually learn a thing or two. At least I, I hope you do. At least that is one of the objectives, I would say, of this podcast. To do bring some knowledge to the people, to the audience. And it could be just about the guest itself or some life knowledge or some interesting stories that they have. Because at least then... You're not just listening to it for entertainment. You are also getting smarter by the end of it. I agree. I mean, a podcast with this one, I'm not sure the exact type of knowledge they will learn. Well, I can get into that, actually, because I do have some other topics prepared or 
Um, oh, I think, boy. Because I think we went over most of the introduction phase, so we can kind of get an idea of what you're like, Sketch. Then we can go into some more deeper conversations, um, which these are some questions I've gathered over the, um, the two weeks, because this is a two-week interval between podcasts. These are just some random questions I've gathered, either discussions I've came up myself like during work or just with other friends of mine or people have directly asked me like hey can you ask this question i would like to know uh, what the guests will think of it one question actually which i got is to give an experience that you have uh, had that has shaped your personality or shaped your being so anything big or small an experience that has shaped me. Yes. Yeah, so is there any experience, so a lifetime event that has really changed the way you you were thinking, your mindset, or like got you on a different course in life? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also thinking about that myself. So one of the experiences that did shape me a lot is, for example, to go on VR chat for like almost two years straight every fucking day. Well, that was not the plan. That's just kind of the mm -hmm. aftermath. But because of that... VR chat was a mistake. It, it sort of is a mistake, but, you know, I got to <laughs> meet cool people like you and get yeah. to start things like this. And actually learn also how to keep up a conversation, how to socialize with people and actually become more confident about myself. Because before, mm -hmm. the only communication I had would be either at work, at school or with my family and friends. During those times, I wouldn't really be talking that much, or I wouldn't really be sure if it would actually be easy to, for example, make new friends. Usually, if you're at school, you are in a classroom with a bunch of other people, you're kind of forced, you know, in that classroom with each other, and eventually you're just gonna have to talk with some of them and see if you are compatible to be friends or not. In a yeah. situation like VR chat, you go into a public world, a random world where there are strangers from across the globe, which might be sharing different cultures and everything. And you would then have to, you know, start talking with them about literally anything. And my experience with that before, so like before 2019, I would say, was I don't have a lot of experience doing that. My dad actually does because he would... Um, always strike a conversation with just a random person, like in a supermarket or we'd go to um, some kind of convention or anything and then just st strike a conversation with anyone. And I always looked up to that, like, I would like to do that. That's something I would like, mm -hmm. I want to do as well. Eventually, so at the current moment, I could say that I have become like my dad where I could go up to anyone and I could just make friends and start a conversation mm -hmm. about anything. And... That as an experience, so being on VR chat for that long, has shaped at least my personality to be, like I said, more confident, be more social. That's something that has Definitely. shaped me in the in in the good way, in a positive way. Because of mm -hmm. course, VR chat can also shape people in a bad way, and I'm sure we'll have Definitely. some guests later on who can uh, vouch for the bad parts of it. You know, I have seen a lot of. I have seen this game shape a lot of people. For better or worse? For worse. For, 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 wor for worse? Mostly for worse? Drastically. Or? Not mostly. I've seen, I've seen it happen. You make it sound very ominous. Both ways. But um, I, I just say, like, when people change, this game is able to change people in very interesting ways. Has it changed you at all since you started using it? Yeah, definitely. I would say definitely. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's kind of. How? I mean, I've always been... Well, I don't want to say this game made me... I don't know if this game made me, like, more outgoing, per se, but it definitely made me more talkative. Mm -hmm. So because I know you for over two years, I don't really notice that much of a difference. I'm not sure if you notice much difference about me over the two years that you've known me, that I've become more talkative or more confident. Definitely or... talk... I mean, you already had, like, when I first met you, you know, your friends, and you used to talk to them, so I haven't noticed much of a change from when I first met you to within these two years, per se. I mean, there's definitely been a change with other things you got going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like, and stuff like that. So outside of that, but as far as VR chat-wise, not really. Yeah, I think in my my online self has stayed mostly the same, I would, I would say. 
But for those skills to transfer over in real life, that took me a bit of time, I would say, for to actually solidify. I'm really trying to think. Um, it def- I know it definitely has in ways that I probably never really thought about to this moment. Because, you know, I've been playing this game way too long for it not to have an effect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, same. I think we both have over 2,000 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. It would be nuts for me to say this game had no effect on me whatsoever. But wherever the effect was, I don't think it was a drastic effect on myself. That's the only way to put it. But if anything, it made me... Is it a positive effect at least? I believe it's a positive effect, yeah. Would you recommend it to other people <laughs> to do the same? <sighs> no. I would not. No, I would not. It depends on the person, you know, um, in their situation. Like, VR chat, like, I would recommend this game to a certain type of person, not just anyone. That's the only way to put it. Yeah, I would say if you have a strong personality already or, like, you are very confident, um, the game shouldn't really affect you in a negative way. If you are unsure about yourself or Mm -hmm. things like your sexuality then this game can give that quite a turn of events, I would say. So oh, yeah. for those people, definitely do not <laughs> I have seen it happen a lot of times. Yeah. Over and over and over. Quite, it's always an interesting experience running into somebody that's like just now playing this game. Like if I'm in a random public world and see somebody or running into somebody, he was like, oh yeah, this is like my second time in the game, you know? You know, and next time I see that person, if I happen to add them and see them like, like three weeks or a month later, then they're just completely, completely different person than just like the normal, you know, kid eye gloves in this game. Yeah, but that very much depends on the first experience in the game that you have. Like your experience in this game is highly shaped by who you hang around or who you meet or what group you happen to first. Like, yeah, but that's the same with real life. Yeah, that's the same with real life. Yeah, but even more so just because the sure amount of people, you know, you could just, it's, it is the case with real life, but um, it's just in a different way. It's, it's a different way. Just because in this game, you're able to be whatever you want and act however you want. You can do that in real life too, but it's different. Yeah, I feel that the extra factor in VRChat is that you are talking with people all across the globe from different cultures as well. So if you are in your own city or you go to your work, you're going to have people that are already have a similar mindset or similar culture, at least. And in this case, where it's all over the world, you are going to find a lot of people that will have different cultures. So either Mm -hmm. you try and interact with them and see what their culture is about and Hopefully you are tolerant against those because it can also cause uh, some some anger for mm. some people. It's like, why are you this way? Why are you acting? Yeah, as the internet in why general. Why do you accept this? I've, I have saw this yesterday as well. These kind of like cultural differences that people are like, wait, what? You, 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 ha- you do this? It's like, that makes no sense. It's like, no, in your culture, that doesn't make sense. But for them, it's, you know, the norm. It's a standard. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a difference between um, between real life and, and online. Let's just say in real life, I just feel like it would be a lot harder for you to like, let's say if somebody first started playing this game and let's just say for sake, they meet like a bunch of like, like a furry group, like a bunch of people in the furries and stuff like that. If you were to do that. Can you describe what a furry is for the audience? I, I don't know. You describe <laughs> what a furry is. <laughs> Get that. Okay, so that's your podcast. It's your podcast. Furry, very quickly, a furry is someone that uh, has like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sexual desires towards animals or animal-like looking humanoids. I Mm -hmm. think that would be a good definition. So they good enough. So especially in these kind of games, because you can be literally anything. A lot of people Mm -hmm. will be. So humanoid characters with animal traits or like fully animals, but then anthropomorphized. So I feel like it would be a lot more easier to get persuaded to join like and hang out with groups of people that's into that sort of game sort of thing in online than it would be at least in VR chat or any other. Yeah, but I have a good segue from this into the next topic, which is um, so in VR chat, if you expose yourself to this for a long time, you can end up with... So different communities, different cliques where you're part of, which can shape things like your sexuality or your personality, which of course can, the same thing can happen in real life. But there, in real life, there are some more things that can happen 
which is things like drugs and alcohol. Well, I guess same for VRChat. Uh, VRChat can definitely encourage people to drink more. Yeah, but I would say that in real life that extends further because of the fact mm -hmm. that you can physically interact with someone. So you can physically give someone a joint or a, a beer. Because, uh, you know, here's how I encourage this. Because there's like somebody who only likes to drink in social situations. A social drinker. Yeah, social drinker. And VR chat being a social, you know, a social platform where a lot of people, it will definitely encourage you to drink more because you can always be in that environment. As opposed to RL where you have to go out of your way, you know, hang out with a bunch of friends or go to a, you know, a club or an event or whatever. Like you could just do that in your home. Just hop on your VR and there you go. Yeah, that is true. So it'd be... It would definitely encourage somebody to drink more because of those. Or there's some case, some people that are so nervous and can't even talk to people unless they're doing some type of drugs or drinking or whatever. So that would encourage them to drink it even more just so they're able to feel comfortable talking with people when they normally wouldn't or wouldn't play. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but that's one of the dangers of, so not only just groups in VR chat or the people that they hang out with as in real life, but the problem is, well, especially you see it in VR chat, is that there are a lot of children also playing this game. Yeah, children should not should not be playing this game. Yeah, no, exactly. But you're going to see it like after Christmas. There's going to be a lot more yeah. people on, a lot of underage people that are going to get a headset from their parents for Christmas and then they're going to try out this game, of course, because they've seen some videos, it looks fun, and they try it out. Even technically, I think VR chat minimum age to play this game is like 13 or something, which is Yeah, it's 13. Nuts. But you know, those age ratings, no one's going to fucking look at that. Yeah, I know, I know. Nobody's going to look at it. So they could at least make it like... 18 or 7, 16, 17 or something. Nobody gonna look at it regardless, but like, geez. Yeah, just for liability purposes they, or reasons they need to do that. Thing is, I saw a podcast earlier, uh, I think it was last week, talking about drugs and the whole problem in the United States with things like op the opioid crisis and fentanyl, where they would be some people on, for example, I Instagram or Snapchat, they would be putting up uh, posts where people can just order drugs via emojis from other people on social media. Or even my friend showed this, which actually I think it was here in the Netherlands, where there would be people just posting in like public areas. They would put up a poster with like a cartoon tongue with a pill on it and a QR code next to it with a list of drugs to order. And this would just be in like a park or like near your municipality. There would just be some board with a bunch of posters on it and someone would just put this on it because it's, you know, public square. I don't think that's legal, but that's besides the point. The thing is that people can so easily get these kind of drugs, especially if they are if they have a smartphone and if they're in contact with people on social media, which is a real big threat to children in general. Yeah, definitely. But... The thing I was thinking about is like, okay, so all these kind of technologies exist. People are taking advantage of this. Social media is helping this a lot as well, this, this bad behavior. What would you do? So let's say you are a parent sketch. Imagine that you have a child you brought into this world. You gave life. Mm -hmm. Which I don't have any kids. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you cannot <laughs> give life, but, you know, your, your significant other would. If you would have a child, how would you prevent this child? I no, I, I, I said that. It's, it's fine, son. What would you do to prevent your child from getting addicted to things like alcohol or drugs or like smoking in general? How would you prevent that? Because that, that is a real concern. I would, yeah. Especially I mean, nowadays. I would just try to make sure they're educated on what, you know, how drugs can affect you. You know, and how on all the stories of how it could like ruin your life potentially, and just try to make sure they're educated in a form on the dangers of drug use. As as you know, I be, I believe that is about you know as much as you could possibly do, other than like completely one hundred percent like policing their lives and you know. Yeah, but that doesn't work. That never works because we've seen that if if you look back in your teenage like policing years. Policing their lives or educating them on it? Policing their lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you look back in your teenage years, usually when your parents tell you to do something, you do the opposite or you say, fuck you, dad, fuck you, mom. I'm not doing that. I'm doing going my own way. <laughs> so usually you get a counterintuitive or a an opposite response from the child if you try and police them. So that's not a good approach. Exactly. 
That's exactly why I specified I would do the route of educating them mm-hmm. and make sure they know the dangers of it. Not, I did, yeah, because I agree. Like policing them is probably one uh, not the great ways to go about that sort of thing. Yeah. So, opinion, is, sure. is there anything else that you would do to prevent it besides education? Because we do what I remember from elementary school is we used to have people that went to jail for like dealing drugs. Or doing a lot of drugs mm-hmm. or whatever, like from an insane asylum or from a rehabilitation. These kind of people would come to the school, well, they are not dealing drugs, but they would tell about their experience <laughs> yeah, the to the class. Dealers. Yeah, they're just coming to school, just dealing <laughs> all the drugs. Want some M&M's, kid? Hey, the better way to learn about something is actually, you know, doing it or trying it. So I guess that's one way you can go about it. <laughs> yeah, but this definitely helped at least I'm, I'm kidding. bring some perspective to a lot of kids to see what it can be like if you indulge, involve yourself so much in things like drugs and alcohol or smoking. And I agree, but the thing about, I just see that as an extension of educating them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this would be something called an... Um, uh, it's like an anti-role model. So it's someone you don't look up to, but it's something... You can learn from. You could learn from, yeah. Learn from their mistakes yeah. and know like, okay, if I actually go down this path, this is what I might end up as, uh, which mm-hmm. will scare a lot of people to be like, oh, fuck, okay, maybe I shouldn't actually be, you know, taking pills when I go to festivals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anything else that you would um, recommend? No, I mean, that's the, I feel like that's the one of the best, that's one of the ways I would go about it. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other method that will probably be as effective as just like just trying to educate them to the best you, you know, best way you can. Well, so what I did is I came up with this question in my mind after watching uh, that podcast and they were talking about the drugs, the video podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I would raise my kids, I would want to know how to answer this question correctly. Because for me specifically, so I'm I'm straight edge. I don't do any drugs. I don't do I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't do any drugs. I don't even drink coffee, for example, or drink um, energy drinks to that far extent. I don't drink energy drinks either. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't do any drugs outside occasional alcohol drinking. Yeah, social drinking. Occasional yeah. drinker. Yep. But for me, the way that I shaped myself over the years is so I basically looked at myself, is through anti-role models, which is people like my brothers. They would be smoking or like taking uh, weed or drinking alcohol. And I, and they would, for example, come home and they would have to puke um, after night out. Or they would be filming themselves with their friends doing crazy shit while they are high. And I looked at that as something like, okay, this is like, how man, I should not like, end yeah, up. As. This, this is this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This is Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe uh, you know the people at school were right. So that's one thing to have an anti role model. Another thing was that I the friends that I made in elementary school, high school, college, I picked them pretty carefully, or at least I would like to hang out with the people that have a good influence on me. And not people that mm-hmm. would have a bad influence. So there are, there are, of course, if you go to school, there are some kids there that will start smoking or try and get other people to smoke with them. Try and stay away from those kids. But specifically, if you are a parent, then if you have their friends over at your place or your kid goes to your friend's house, maybe it's good to know a bit more about the friend and then know like, okay, maybe you should not hang out with... Bad influence. Yeah, with this this guy Jason over here, he seems like a bad influence. But you know, this guy Timmy, uh, he's he's coming from like a rich family. You know, he's been raised properly. Maybe you should hang out a bit more with him. Basically, to be or at least make your kid aware to pick their friends carefully, or maybe steer them in the right direction. I I feel like that goes back, you know, to educating them on drugs and make sure they know, because you know. He- yeah, but this is more specific, right? These are more specific points. Yeah, because I'll about yeah, I know. Going back to that, because I say like, you can't really police them. No, police uh, tell them who can be their friends because they're gonna pick whoever friends they want to be. Yep. And the only thing you can do is try to tell them like they're not good for you, but it's up to them to actually listen and understand where you're coming from. Yeah, you have to be very careful and tactful with your uh, words and your approach. Young kids, you know, 
even young adults who hang around bad influence and their parents will tell them it's still going to do do whatever they do because especially when they're young adults you can't tell them like you have no control of them whatsoever by that point you know if they're able to go out live on their own do whatever so it would just be unfortunate if they go down a dark path like that and you have to see somebody you know in your family or something like that go through that thing but you know a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted too which just can make it worse saying them even though you try to help them so yeah but specifically what we're talking about is kids right so if they are um, well it's before 18 or maybe even before teens because after that point it becomes difficult to give them a bit of um, well not knowledge i'd say to you can control their life more when they're younger basically and the, the older they get the less control you will have over your kid that's just basically how it goes yeah, and you also have your, you know, a bigger influence over your kids when yeah, they're young. Yeah, exactly. Because I did, as I mentioned, I guess a good role model on this would be my mom, who I grew up. She never drunk or did any drugs. Exactly. In her house, you know. And that's also one of my points that I wrote down is is to actually be a role model yourself for your kid. So right, right. If you're drinking, for example, so what one of my colleagues said, I don't really agree, but I guess if you are drinking and you cannot let go of the habit, then try to only do that when your, you know, your child is not around. Like when they're like sleep or when you're out and you have somebody babysitting her, you know. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like that's a, that's a, yeah, that, that's, you're right. That's one thing I was going to mention. Yeah. I grew up in a household where nobody drunk or did drugs. Mm-hmm. So growing up in that environment. You know, I naturally, I don't do any drugs. I am an occasional drinker, and I didn't do that until, like, I was legally able to drink at 21. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I never drunk or smoked or anything like that during my youth days. I only drink when I was, like, legally able to do it. And, again, that was only on social occasions. So, looking at my mom, she, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, she never drunk or smoked as I was growing up. So, I do feel like that's a major, that was a major influence saying the parent did that so for me my parents did drink also when i was younger what my dad even used to do and i i'm not alone in this because i've heard other people also have this this kind of story where their dad would just give their kid a little sip of alcohol but of course if you're drinking beer so this is this is not like hard liquor of course it's like usually just beer or maybe some wine they would just give it to the kid and it's like oh just take a small sip just to get used to the taste and especially with beer you would only really taste the foam. At least that was, for me, that was the case. I was like, oh, there's some beer. My dad wants to drink it, wants me to drink it, fine. So I'll do it. And I would only taste the foam. Sometimes you would taste a bit of the alcohol itself, but of course, just a small sip. There's an, you're not going to tell you to chug or anything. <laughs> that, that for you. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. That would be the wrong thing yeah. to do. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But... um. If you look back at my mom, for example, then she really, well, she would drink sometimes, but not really in my presence, I would say. And in terms of smoking, they would never smoke. My dad used to do cigars very sparingly in the Mm -hmm. past, like a long time ago uh, for like social occasions. But other than that, he did not. And drugs, they didn't do any drugs. So they were, uh, and, and also they didn't drink very often, at least not from what I remember. Yeah, because obviously, you know, mom smoke, but there have been, like, family members that smoke, mainly smoked. Most of people in my family, I know, more so than drink. Never really had too many drinkers that I know of in my family, or at least. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, a lot of my cousins, I hang around, they smoke. I don't know. I just never found smoking a pill in. And then a lot of them have seen just bad stories of them being addicted to that stuff, even though a lot of people say weed is not addictive. I was like, ah. Oh no, I definitely have seen people get addicted to it. And it didn't it didn't go out too well for them. No, it's more difficult to get addicted to weed than it is to things like alcohol or smoking. It's definitely possible though. Those things are more inherently uh, addictive. But to go back to the the other points I had, so with my colleague, what I brought up is you have to make sure that your kid is at least in a happy place that he gets enough attention from his parents. Because usually what happens is if your kid goes into some kind of like depression or he's down, he's in a, in a bad mood, usually if that happens, they will try and find a solution. And usually a solution that's pretty easily accessible or nearby will be things like alcohol or smoking or taking drugs. So if the kid mm-hmm. would actually be happy then the tendency to 
go reach for those things would be less than if they actually would be in a more depressed state. At least that's what I've seen so far if I look at my friends back in elementary school. There's some kid Mm -hmm. I knew that had uh, parents that were divorced. I went to his place a couple times uh, and it seemed to be a normal-ish family. I didn't see his dad, I think, ever, really. It was just his mom. Mm. Was he just like out working all the time or was he just not in the... No, they were divorced. So... Oh, okay. uh, So he usually wasn't there. So what would happen is that child would grow up without a real father figure and cause some like mental issues down the line and when i looked at him last time i saw him or people talked about him they were saying oh this guy yeah so yeah he got really addicted to a lot of drugs and like went down south and he didn't finish his um high school whatever or his college and i was like oh that's really really terrible because looking back i played like video games with a dude. I went over this place a couple of times. He seemed like an okay dude. But yeah, of course, those kind of things will just stack up over time. He'll then reach for things like alcohol or drugs and cause his life basically to spiral out of control, which looking back, it's like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense that happens based on the course of events. So that's the thing to pay attention to is, well, try and give attention to your child. Make sure he's happy. If he has any problems, try and help him with it. If you have a child, I would like to hope you were able to give your child attention. Yeah, yeah but that's not always the case uh, in modern day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, believe me, I know. Fully aware. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely not always the case. I would say you would think, but yeah. In an ideal world, yeah, that would be the case. In an ideal world, yeah. But as we all know, the world is never ideal. <laughs> Far from ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So another point I put down, uh, sexually what I got from another friend, is to be approachable for your child if they need help. So there, mm-hmm. there might be some parents that are like, oh, no, you shouldn't do drugs. If I, if I catch you smoking, you're going to get grounded or you're going to get, um, I don't know. Yeah, my worst, kicked out. Or, or kicked out or you get grounded, whatever. Living. Yeah. If you start threatening your child... If they, you know, reach for those things, reach for alcohol or uh, drugs, then they're probably not gonna go towards you if they have done it or they're tempting to do it. So, yeah, that's probably not a good way to parent your ch- your children. You should be approachable, as in they should be okay and they should be actually willing to ask you for advice. Instead of asking advice, for example, from friends, because like I said, if they have bad influence friends, then they will just say like, nah, it's fine, dude. You only take one, one joint or one uh, sip of this uh, hard liquor. It's fine. It's only for once. You're going to be fine. That's bad mm-hmm. advice. As a parent, you should be able to, at least I hope, give better advice than those kind of people. <laughs> yeah. So try and not threaten your, your kid with these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely does not sound like the the way to go about it, for sure. <laughs> it throws threats, you know, and trying to force them to do something has, eh, don't seem like it would typically go over too well, you know. Yeah, because it, it works the other way around. So it works the, yeah. it has the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So to summarize, um, the list is, if you want to prevent your kids from getting addicted to drugs or alcohol, basically the same thing, to be honest, Uh, is one, to have an anti-role model. Um, Second is to be careful with the friends that they make. Make sure that they have good influence friends, if possible, of course. Um, Make sure your kid is happy, gets enough attention, so they don't go get depressed and start reaching for it. Be a role model yourself for your children. So try and, well, first of all, try not do any drugs yourself. If that's not possible, Mm -hmm. at least... Don't do it when the kid's around, or at least be responsible, at the very least. And the last one is to be approachable uh, for your child if he needs to ask questions or come if he needs advice. So yeah, that's the takeaway from on how to raise your that kid is, f- to not get addicted. That is very interesting. I definitely was not expecting parenting talk, but here we are. <laughs> no, so I didn't expect actually to have a answer to this question so quickly because i was literally just talking with a colleague of mine like across the table Mm -hmm. with this and i got like three points down already like we just talked about our own education and our own parenting Mm -hmm. and how that helped us to become responsible yeah so you just you just was realizing that as you were going on 
Yeah, and these points make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think, yeah, did you share the same opinion? Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. So, so just having more people to verify this is, uh, is mm-hmm. definitely a good thing. And if there is anyone listening out there that has has a kid or you know has a kid on the way, then here's some good advice from you. This is yeah. a learning section from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about real shit. Hopefully, yeah, you're all right. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely some knowledge drop right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Um, but I think with that, I'm gonna have to put an end to this podcast because it's already going overtime. So before I end it, what time? It's like one hour and eighteen minutes. Oh man! From oh crap! Yeah, definitely went a little bit over there. Yeah. So before I end it all, I would like to ask you, Sketch, if you have some feedback mm-hmm. for the podcast or what you've uh, have you enjoyed it so far? Yeah, you know, um, I was pretty relaxed just talking here the whole time. You know, pretty pretty good time. I mean, it's no different than us normally talking in mm-hmm. a way, but. It's a bit more structured, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more structure, a lot of points here. But um, any feedback? Hmm. Yeah, it's difficult. I know. I don't have any in the moment. When I go back and listen to your other podcast, which I will do. So you're not gonna listen to this one? God damn it! I don't. I don't like the sound of my own voice. You'll be know, fine, maybe. bro. I've listened see. to my own maybe. voice for so many hours. You get well, used you, to. You it. have a very, you have a very nice voice, very pleasing voice. You know, very relaxing. That isn't the case with me, so I don't know. Like I said, you'll get used to it. I might go back and listen to this. We we, we will see. Maybe maybe um play it in the background while I'm doing something. That's the case with every podcast I listen to. Yeah, exactly. To. Just put it in the background while you're working. The only thing is that you know exactly what it's going to be about because you've been yeah, here. Yeah, which is kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can use it to fall asleep too, right? So many podcasts. It'd be weird. I'm just listening to a podcast and oh, it's like, oh, that's me. It's me. I wonder what I'm going to say. (laughs) Whoa, that guy's a weird take. I don't like this guy. Get them off the (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Listening to myself get counseled in real time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Gonna read the comments. It's like this guy, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, man. Hey, hey, I never said I knew what I'm talking. I'm just uh, just a guy talking, you know. Don't expect much from me. People, Scope Podcast listeners. So you would say that you're not much of a role model to look up to? Uh, I'm definitely not. Ah. You're definitely... Nobody should look up to me. You have your things, you know, set up. You have a stable life. You seem mentally stable. Yeah. Physically fine. There can be... There can be... No there can definitely problems. be worse people you could look up to. Yeah. But don't look up to me. <laughs> yeah okay yeah I mean, I mean, that, that's yeah. a good takeaway <laughs> you, you can there could be worse but you can do better you can do better people <laughs> yep oh All right. man yeah that's a good way uh to end it and i think with mm-hmm. that i would like to thank everyone for listening if you stuck around until the end uh, i would appreciate any feedback that you can give me and with that I would like to thank you, Sketch, as well, for sticking around. You made it to the end of the podcast. What amazing. I did. I did. I know, right? I hope you also stick around. What kind of reward do I get? uh, uh, Good question. Yeah. I don't know. There's no ad revenue or anything on these podcasts, so Uh, I cannot give you anything. That's unfortunate. We could do a poll, (laughs) like we've done for the event, where we just give you a random item. if you Yeah, I'll pass on that. That's in the podcast. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, well, I tried, guys. I tried <laughs> to give him a, some kind of reward, but it's fine. All right, then, yeah. then I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, again, thank you, Sketch, for being here at the podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>